On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, which former Norris Trophy winner could potentially land himself in Vancouver on a professional tryout? If JT Miller does stay in Vancouver, what will constitute as a successful season for the Canucks' leading scorer from last year? And the Canucks made some changes on their personnel on the health side of the team. It is Locked On Canucks on a Tuesday, August the second and it starts now your locked on canucks your daily podcast on the vancouver canucks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello everybody and welcome to locked on canucks the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports. You can find our show's Twitter, excuse me, at locked on Canucks. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and most importantly, also available wherever you get your podcast services. Well, I also have some special news to not some special news, but some exciting news, personal news of myself. I'm actually back home in British Columbia. Uh, I left Toronto for a couple weeks uh, to come back home, recharge the batteries, rest, relax, really submerge myself back into Canuck land. Uh, and quite frankly, I've loved it. I came here on Friday of last week. Um, the long weekend was beautiful. The weather was very, very hot. Um, kind of reminded me of Toronto, so <laughs> I didn't get a chance to uh, get the full, uh, kind of remind me of back east, but it's been wonderful to see family, friends, the beautiful scenery, of course. Um, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And, of course, I've enjoyed keeping up with the news in Canuckland, which there hasn't really been much going forward. So, as I mentioned off the cold open, who are some particular players that the Canucks go after at this late stage or kind of slow period of free agency right before training camp? Um, we will look at JT Miller because he still is a member of the Vancouver Canucks. And we will continue on with our player projections. And what constitutes a good season for JT Miller if he does stay in the fold with the Vancouver Canucks, whether that's with a contract extension or the Canucks roll the, the dice, excuse me, and decide to keep him. Um, and then also, you know, they did, the Canucks did make some changes on their, on the health side of the team. And why I think they use, that's very important because they use a lot of experience elsewhere. But um, first, I want to dive into a player that I've been a big fan of since he came into the league. I've always been a big fan of won the Norris trophy was integral part of a team that went to the Stanley cup finals uh, who has not been signed yet. Um, and he gets a bad rap across the league. And that of course is PK Subban. Um, of course he plays for the New Jersey Devils, a team that's been linked to the Canucks all offseason because of the JT Miller trade saga. But I've heard a lot of fans talk, well, why don't we give PK a try? Give PK a try. I'm all for it. You know, he's 33 years old. Um, he is an unrestricted free agent, and he also he just came off a contract that paid him $9 million. Of course, that's when he signed that big eight-year deal back in 2014. And then he was traded two years later to um, Nashville for Shea Weber in that massive, massive tra- deal. And then, of course, traded to New Jersey a couple of years after that. So I'm a big P.K. Subban guy. But it, it seems that in New Jersey, they're going for a youth movement and a guy who's 33, um, who's you know, production has dipped um, a lot in New Jersey. You know, he, this guy was 
you know, a very prominent defenseman in the NHL. Um, and he fit, he's not the same guy he was when he was in Montreal when he was wearing the North Shoulder. Even the guy in the first couple of years uh, in Nashville where, you know, he was, you know, one of the most point productive um, defensemen in the league, had a booming shot, um, you know, can, you know, skate. Um, and he kind of fell off in New Jersey. Well, I think P.K. Subban might be a good PTO candidate or a cheap one-year deal for the Canucks because although he's 33, he still fills a void. You know, he's a right-shot defense, which we all know the Canucks are very, very thin on. Um, and he's got that kind of style, swagger, that will invigorate a marketplace, I think. I think P.K. Subban, you know, he always got, used to get, you know, ridiculed for showing too much personality, having too much, you know, being over flamboyant with the big celebrations and, you know, of course, his uh, eccentric off-season workouts. I think P.K. Subban, you know, you bring him in on a PTO, he's going to be motivated to want to prove people that he can still play in the league. You know, his agent just came out and said he still wants to play and he thinks that he deserves an opportunity to play. Um, I am going to agree with that. I think P.K. Subban, anybody that's won a Norris Trophy, and has that pedigree that P.K. Subban has, deserves to be in the league until, you know, they deserve they deserve every opportunity until they can prove they can no longer play anymore. And I think P.K. Subban can still play. Um, where does he slot in on this Canucks roster? Um, I mean, you're not asking him to be, you know, P.K. Subban back in Montreal where he was getting like, you know, 50, 60 points a year. You know, he did last, you know, fifth, the second last season in Nashville, uh, back in 2017-2018, he had, you know, 59 points. He had 16 goals, 43 assists. Uh, in Jersey, he's only top 20 points once. That was his past year in 77 games. So, you know, he's fallen a lot. Um, but I still think the skill is there, the, the tenacity is there. And I think, you know, having him kind of, you see this with players kind of falling, um, that, you know, they have a certain motivation to want better. Yes, he is of older. He is of a, you know, but I think if he could come in and play like a bottom six role and, you know, play on the second power play unit with OEL or something like that, I, I don't think that's a bad option at all. You know, he's been around the block. You know, he's probably going to be mo- he's probably going to be a good leader in the locker room. So why not take the jump and sign P.K. Subban? I think that would be a great um, a great thing for the Canucks to do um, if they ever so do if, if they ever want to do so. Um, you know, of course, Jim Benning was interested in P.K. Subban before he got traded to New Jersey. That was, he, uh, you know, got, got caught tampering with that. So that could potentially be an option for the Canucks to rectify their defense. Um, a couple other players still out there. You know, there's, you know, Zach Aston Reese, who, of course, was a part of the Pittsburgh organization with Rutherford and Alvin, you know, a bottom, bottom line center slash winger who can, you know, play that bit of a grit type game and kind of, you know, chip in on that type of stuff. Um, you know, he can play a shutdown role. Um, you know, there's Alex Chieson, you know, he's still out there. You know, they've been, the Canucks know what Chieson's all about. He had, a, he was, you know, a successful PTO last year that, you know, made the team play 67 games at 13 goals. You know, he was not a bad option for the Canucks at all. He's out there, Calvin DeHaan, you know, a left shot defenseman, but he's played the right side before. Uh, so that could be something that the Canucks want to address the right side of the defense. Um, he has been, you know, hit with the injury bug of late. But um, last year with Chicago, he put up some respectable results, played 69 games last year, which was, you know, very important. And 
after that, you kind of you know you have Ryan Murray, who you know has been you know a former you know high round high first round pick. Um, you know he didn't you know play he played thirty seven games, no goals, four assists. Um, he was a part of the Stanley Cup winner, but he was hampered with injuries. He's ever he's always been hampered with injuries. He's never really gotten a chance to really submit himself. You know then if you want to go back to uh, the bottom lines, they're still you know the, the spot for grit. You can look at a guy like Brett Ritchie. Uh, who was out there, you know, he played 41 games last year with the Flames in their bottom six. So there's, you know, Dominic Simone. Um, so there are options out there. Um, but when I'm looking at the landscape right now, and you look at the Canucks roster as currently constituted, um, without a JT Miller trade, there's still a hole in the defense. And I think P.K. Subban would be the best fit for the Canucks uh, on their back end because he has pedigree, he has skill, he has a reason to be motivated to play better. You know, he's playing in a horrible situation in New Jersey. And I think playing in a market like Vancouver and playing uh, with a team that has a chance to make the playoffs could reinvigorate P.K. Subban and make him, you know, want to play better. You know, it's not like he's a, a not in shape or anything like that. You know, the guy puts the work in on the offseason. You follow him on, on social media. So why not take a plunge at P.K. Subban and see what happens? So that's my thoughts on what the Canucks could do next and who the biggest move they could, other than the J.T. Miller trade, could be, and I think it's P.K. Subban, and I would love to see P.K. Subban play in Vancouver. I think it would be a great fit, not only for uh, the locker room, but also for the fans. You know, he's an exciting player, and I think that would be awesome for uh, to build a suspense for the upcoming season. So that's that. Uh, coming up after this break, uh, I want to talk to you guys about J.T. Miller, as I just mentioned. If he does stay, what will constitute as a good season? Is it, again, 99 points is the bar, or is there... Tempered expectations for JT Miller. So stick around for that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the fine folks at betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be your top online resource for all your sporting wagering information from live in-game betting scores podcast that you they have they have you covered excuse me head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts so we are back lockdown canucks show that keeps you locked in on all things vancouver canucks uh over the last few episodes you know spanning from last week and then um i've been going through the canucks roster and giving you know prominent prominent players in the roster who i put project on what constitutes will be a good season. So we've gone through, of course, Pedersen and Hughes, the ability to step up and become those elite players uh, in their position groups and becoming more of a leadership role. You know, Bo Horvat, what does he continue? Not only is it on the ice, but off the ice. You know, Brock Besser, Vasily Podkolzin, Andre Kuzmenko, uh, Oliver ekman Larson. So today, we're going to go, and I've been putting this one off for a bit because I was hoping a trade would happen or something would be, something would come to a resolution. But I'm going to assume that JT Miller is going to be on the Vancouver Canucks come September for training camp. So what will constitute as a good season for JT Miller, who was coming off a career best 99 points uh, this past year. So for those of you that did forget, JT Miller played 80 games last year, scored 32 goals, 67 assists for 99 points. Um, Ever since he's joined the Vancouver Canucks, he's been, you know, around a point he's been over a point per game the you know two of the three seasons and then last from the lockout short season he played 53 games and 46 points so he's been the Canucks best player I would think is very safe to say 
uh, over the last three seasons. Um, when I'm looking at this next year for JT Miller, there are so many things he does well. And Jim Rutherford has said, Patrick Levine has said, that he is our best player. And there is no doubt about that, in my opinion, that JT Miller right now is the Canucks' best player. He's not their most talented or their most important, but he's their best player. The way he impacts the game on the offensive side, the defensive side, and the locker room. He is their most complete player. JT Miller, of course, could put up points. He could play center. He can play wing. He can kill penalties. He's on the penalty power play, excuse me. He can do it all. He's a five-tool Swiss Army knife for the Vancouver Canucks. And also, he has that raw emotion, that raw, just that raw sandpaper and energy that the Canucks need, just that bite that the Canucks, any team will need. Any team that's aspiring to be a playoff team or whatnot needs to have a guy like JT Miller who can chew into somebody when they need to be chewed into. Um, and I think that's what makes JT Miller so important is he can do so many different things, impact the game in so many different ways and take pressure off guys like Elias Pettersson who, you know, as a young player, you know, I'd love to see him, you know, take all the important draws, but JT Miller can step in and do that. It makes the Canucks more versatile. It makes teams game plan more. It makes the Canucks, it adds on the dimension to the Vancouver Canucks. And that's why I was always so kind of hesitant for the Canucks to trade him because he's been so important. But when I look at next season, let's just, the real hypothetical out there that he is on a one-year deal still. He is not signed a new contract extension. Well, you're going to get an extremely motivated player who wants to prove to not only the Vancouver front office, but the rest of the NHL that, hey, that 99-point season was not a fluke. I am a top echelon player in this game, and I'm about to cash in this next offseason for a lot of money, whether it's with you, Vancouver, or another team that's going to offer me that money that I want. So if that happens, I think JT Miller is the type of guy that will internalize that and he will absolutely play unreal, which will be good for the Vancouver Canucks, who, of course, need a guy like JT Miller to help them make a playoff push. Um, even if JT Miller signs a big extension with the Canucks, right, I still think you're going to get a highly motivated player that wants to prove that he's worth the money, that he's the right guy the Canucks invested in, and he's stepped to become a leader of this team and be a part of the solution. Um, I suspect, because he's going to have every opportunity with this roster under Bruce Boudreau to be in every situation. He's going to be on the top line with Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson, whether he's playing center or the wing. He's going to be on that top line. He's going to be on the number one power play unit. So he will have ample opportunity to collect points, which will help him you know, get a new contract. But it's also just going to help make that, that, that top six of the Canucks even more dangerous. If you take JT Miller out, of the top six for the Vancouver Canucks. That's still a very good top six, but it's just so much better with a guy like JT Miller on there that makes it so much more versatile. Um, so point projection-wise, when I look at JT Miller and I think about this upcoming season, I predict you know another season where he will be, barring any injuries or anything like that, if he's healthy, he will be another point-per-game player, probably around another 30 to 35 goals, and I'd say from 50 to 60-something assists for his, you know, 80 to 90 points again. Um, that could, I could be well off. He could take a tail, you know, drop off a bit. But the way he's positioned on this roster, the way he gets ample opportunity to, you know, be on the first unit power play, the top line, play with the uber-skilled guys like Elias Pettersson, a guy that can shoot like Brock Besser, who I think is going to have a much better year. And that will help JT Miller collecting points because I think once Brock Besser's shot starts going in again and teams are going to start to focus on him, 
that's going to open up more lanes for JT Miller to score, and we know he can score. So I think if JT Miller is on the Vancouver Canucks, whether that's with a contract or without a contract, you're going to get an extremely motivated player, which we know he is, and we will see a player who is going to A, prove that he's worth the money, or B, a guy that's going to be, hey, you don't want to pay me? Well, if you don't want to pay me, I'm going to prove to the rest of the NHL that I deserve to get paid. So um, when I look at JT Miller, not only is it just the stats, not only is it going to be the face-offs, not only is it going to be his locker room presence, it's going to be just the mood he gives you, the confidence that the swagger that I was talking about, PK Subban, he has a certain confidence and a swagger that he carries himself with that's, um, it's infectious. And I think when you see a guy like that and you know that you have a guy like that in your foxhole, it's going to help this team that's got some young pieces that will feel more comfortable. Um, and from all accounts, he has been a great teammate in the locker room. I know there's been a whole thing with him and Bo Horvat, but those two as the end, Bo Horvat's the heart and soul, but JT Miller is the engine of the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks go as he goes. If you know what I mean, like he's the guy that you know will chew into people, will throw a big hit, will get the get get the team going. Um, so I think that when I look at this season, if JT Miller is around, I expect another point per game season from him, and I expect a guy who's going to go, for lack of better words, balls to the wall every time he's out there on the ice for the Vancouver Canucks. So that's my thoughts on the JT Miller situation if he is in Vancouver. Coming up after this last break, I want to go over some news that came out today uh, in Canucks line where the Canucks announced they were adding uh, new medical strength and coach strength and conditioning staff. So stick around for that. Welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Last segment of the show. So news today out of Canuck land was the Canucks um, added some new pieces and new uh, people to their... Uh, medical their new medical and strength and conditioning staff to help fill out their new human performance development uh department so excuse me their human performance department it's a new term so uh the canucks hired uh the golfing doc a the former head uh, athletic therapist of the calgary stampeders the team chiropractor of the whitecaps and the warriors and toronto maple leaf strength and conditioning coach have all been hired as a part of this new human performance development program um so they hired a bunch of these people from all these different avenues of sport. And you might be thinking, well, why are you talking about this? It's not that important. Well, I'm a firm believer that all sports are intertwined and the movements are very similar and it can be cross-platform. Um, you know, if you play hockey, there are certain movements in hockey that could translate to football or soccer or vice versa. Baseball can trans transfer over, skiing, you know, golf, whatever. I believe all sports, certain movements are cross-platform and that you can transfer more different sports. So why are the Canucks bringing people from all different walks of sport into their franchise? Well, A, it's bringing, as I said before, bringing more smart people into the organization. And when you have smart people in the organization and people that have a, a great mind and different ideas, that's just going to make your organization better. I hark back to the Mike Gillis era, you know, where they hired people like sleep doctors, and stuff like that to help the players gain peak performance. Now, it might not work out, and people might not think, well, why don't they just go a traditional route? Well, the traditional route hasn't worked, and the Canucks also have the most difficult travel schedule in all the NHL. Um, and, you know, Canucks have always been one of the teams that's always been hit with the injury bug harder than others because of that travel. So I think having 
people from different walks of sport and different walks of life in the building provides a fresh new input, provides a fresh new dynamic. And I think it's something smart and progressive to do. Um, you look at the teams that are successful uh, across North American sports, they are teams that are progressive, teams like the LA Rams, teams like, you know, the Golden State Warriors, you know, progressive teams that aren't afraid to try different things and push the envelope. That's how you become successful. You don't become successful by just kind of following the pack. You have to step out from the pack and try things that nobody's ever tried before. That's why when Mike Gillis hired a sleep doctor, no other NHL team had that at that particular moment. And that gave the Canucks competitive advantage over other teams. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case for this, but I'm saying it's a right move going forward. And it gives the Canucks another dynamic for a health health wise for their players, but it's also on the recruiting factor. When you have a good medical staff, these players will appreciate that because you're looking out for their best interest and it just makes the whole organization more appealing for other people. So quick thoughts about that. I kind of liked the move. I thought it was kind of interesting. So that's that. Um, all today for Locked On Canucks. It is August, so I just wanted to let out a quick PSA that we will be dropping down episodes to three days a week. Um, of course, not much talk, but also we all want to you know, enjoy our summer a little bit. So, But don't worry, three days a week, there will still be Locked On Canucks to keep you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Tomorrow, uh, we will dive back into more player projections for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, now, I want you to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Take care, guys. Stay safe, and I will talk to you tomorrow.